Welcome to Musings from Melanated Minds podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Musings Media. Other than that, we hope you enjoy the show. Okay. We are farmers. No. We really, this is probably going to be our only episode in November. This will probably be. <laughs> I was listening to our other ones, as you know, yeah. and I realized that they all occurred in October. It was like, oh, it's October. Oh, it's October, Halloween. And here we are, like days away from Thanksgiving. Days away from Thanksgiving, after the election. Like, we did you know, it. Huh? we did it, y'all. You're going to be the next president of the United States. <laughs> Um, but yeah no I think this break was really it wasn't intentional like if we're gonna keep it a full 100 it was not an intentional break but I am happy we did take the break mostly because I think part of like my subconscious was needing rest and I wasn't really taking it right and the day that we record I'm always exhausted by the end of it so usually Mm -hmm. Friday's my like least like fulfilled day if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. it's easier to record on a Friday right but I don't know what it was these last like four Fridays but mama had work up the wazoo right and then it would just leave me mad tired and then I was like on my end of things and you are just you're such a sweetheart but like on my end of things I was like I'm such a bad friend I'm such a bad like human like and then I was just like, no, rest. And you were always like, girl, it's fine. You literally were texting like, girl, it is fine. You go look at me and tell me I don't have to do something and, <laughs> and feel guilty. Every time you're like, nah, I was like, oh, I forgot anyways. Oh, <laughs> The ability to do nothing is my, you know, like a small joy in life. Right. I love rest. I love relax. And plus, I feel like I also had. I was doing a lot of adjusting. There was a lot of various things happening. Oh, I just remembered what my fourth talking point is. Thank you. Did you write it down? I'm writing it down right now. Awesome. I'm actually very excited to talk about this one because this one got trippy. Okay. Um, Oh, trippy now. Yes. So before we begin, who are you? Um, I am all the Black women who did what they needed to do this election cycle. I am Wayne County. I am Philadelphia, okay? I am a part of Milwaukee. All the black, 31% of black people in Milwaukee. Okay? Detroit. Detroit. Listen, Milwaukee and Wisconsin did what they needed to do to 31% of the Negroes, right? Wayne County, Detroit, like they did what they needed to do. Philadelphia came up, did what we needed to do. All the blacks, I'm all the blacks. Okay, all the black women specifically. That was like, um, um, some the Nikki saw or something didn't raise me. Because I didn't do it all alone. We, we, (laughs) (laughs) that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Uh, but what I will say, what I do want to say really quickly, as we're talking about the election, was like in those first early moments when we, when like Flint, Michigan, for whatever reason, was right on the map. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people decided to come out of their 
come out with their chest and like make jokes about environmental racism mind you it was like two percent of the votes are in right and i'm like so you know and we made the same jokes with florida and I don't know. I feel like it kind of felt a little different with Florida because there's sort of a general understanding that the energy of Florida is different than it's different than the rest of the United States. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is especially when you have Flint, Michigan, which is a city that was so visibly harmed by environmental racism and your first instinct is to make a joke. And I feel like I've talked about it on here before, but I definitely feel like the internet has made it okay to laugh very easily at things yeah. without reali- thinking about why we're laughing absolutely also then i watched a clip where barack obama went to flint michigan and did a gag where he drank the water flint tap water that's and he did it twice that's one of the reasons why i do not like barack obama like like what about ethereal bisexuals and smooth legged i don't remember listen i okay as presidents go cool like do your thing but also like so Long story short, I, you know, I went food shopping today in the, while I was in line, like I picked up his book to like read while I was waiting in line. Now I'm going to probably listen to the audiobook. I'm, I don't have 700 pages to give to this man. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have 700 pages to give, but I will probably listen to the audiobook if I can find it for the free 99, right? The li- get on Libby, the library <laughs> app is my friend. So, because there are parts I, I saw an interview that he did, or maybe it was like, an excerpt from the book or something and he basically was like he bombed other countries because he couldn't seem soft on like he couldn't seem soft on others and he didn't want to be like a liberal president who did this and I'm like so you murdered people for that reason nah I can't I can't not be a a a war criminal you know like not take innocent lives for your reputation my guy for your reputation Said they're gonna bully me. They're gonna call me soft on the playground if I don't murder little brown kids. Right. Like that's the other thing too. Like these were definitely don't be a war criminal. Period. But these were brown people you were bombing. Let's be very clear. (laughs) Like (laughs) these were brown people you were bombing. So like, but then part of me and I had this conversation with my mom, right? Because like another like issue I kind of have with Barack Obama is you had this huge opportunity, right? You had this huge opportunity being the first to do something, right? Now, part of me is like, he never technically told us he was going to do anything, right? No, 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 no. And that's an unfair standard for Black people to hold of him because he never- No, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not. No, it's not, no, it's not. He never told the mouse out of his mouth. He never said, listen, Black people- Time out, time out, time out now. Now, this man did not tell us about his Kay and Daddy that he does not know and bring up all the ways he's Black and speak at these Black colleges and, and be about the people. Did he, did he ever did he ever on that campaign trail the only <laughs> reason that man the only reason that man got to step in that house because of <laughs> so he and like i feel like he should feel some sort of collective responsibility you know you're supposed to lift but this he rise and he left us. Out he of left us. How, but we lifted you and you didn't help did he utter those words now for example now here's his hair is the flip side of that if joe doesn't put on for black people i'm coming i'm fine i'm uh, it's over it's over because don't have a government government doesn't exist anymore government doesn't exist anymore especially because right now they're begging for money for the transition team and let me tell you this right now no 
That money comes from taxpayers' dollars in the first place. So I already gave you that money a long time ago, boo. Second of all, you look mighty poor asking us for money, okay? When we are in the middle of a pandemic and half of us are not working, right? No. You want to know what's the best part? Joe, Joe, I'm sorry, Joe. If you're ever listening to this, this we got to have a little sit down. We got to have a moment. Directly to Joe right now? To Robinette? To Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the rest of the potential administration. Hear me out. I'll potential now. The coup might happen. You got to speak into existence. The, the new administration. Hear me out. Y'all are contemplating, contemplating student loan debt reduction. Let's talk about it. Right? Let's talk about it. You're talking about, you can't decide on 10,000, 50,000, whatever thousand. Oh, God. You, you, you haven't even made your mind up. You're still contemplating it. Absolutely. You said no to the Medicare for all, right? You said no Absolutely. to the universal health care. But you want me to give you $25? No! <laughs> no 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 you better go up in there go run up on him and tell him give me my money now run up get done up um what do I want to say? okay so i saw that this is not the first you know president to crowdsource for a transition fund barack obama also had himself yes. a little golf fund me but he also had donors that he is so hey. someone said that biden was really just using fear-mongering to try and scam us out of our good yes. money that, and that's the problem because and that is the biggest Bill and Melinda. where's bill and melinda where's bill and melinda exactly exactly i don't know girl. i feel like and this was one of my talking points actually um i just i look at the state of our country and i was even thinking about this i was taking a shower earlier you know how like america is known as like the great experiment or whatever the experiment has failed like absolutely it took what, like 240 years, but down the toilet. Like, so what do we do now? You know? It's the factory reset button. Right? Because I, I, I will admit I didn't finish this article, but I started this article that this man wrote about what it's like to live in a country that's collapsing. And yeah. I forget what country it was, but he basically moved back to the country. The government was in full collapse. And he was like, but I went about my daily life. You know, I went to work, I bought groceries, I lived my life, and this is exactly how it goes. Things don't change. Things don't, it's not going to be like a big sign in the sky unless, you know, unless you know who is coming back. But um, I had thoughts, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep those to myself. Um, Doing this. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Point is, the point is, is when you see, you see celebrities arguing over whether you should donate to, to um, like, uh campaigns versus giving to food banks and how believing in democracy helps more than the actual people who are in direct need but then there's so many people who are in so much need and it's like what are you doing you want me to give you money for you to do nothing with it you want to transition to power to continue to fail us what does that do for us who does that help you're preaching sis you are preaching I just, yeah. And on that note, today I am Queen Elizabeth's tutor. I'm watching The Crown. I clearly know. <laughs> and I have thoughts about that. That's my new nuance November. Um, but what I will say is just really quickly, this household here, this household here loves and respects Princess Diana. That is my princess. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, I said it was okay. 
we don't talk about it that's also one of my talking points but that's yes i was gonna say i'm princess margaret but she gave that speech in rhodesia and i was like "Mm, that's not it so people on twitter have been making me want to watch the crown right and ideally it would be a show that i would genuinely enjoy right but and this is the weird part of me because everyone enjoys it i don't want to watch (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) i I started it like a while ago like I was already like halfway through the first season months ago because I just felt like watching it and people were talking about it sort of it was like when the first news came out that they were going to do princess die I was like let me start it right and what I will say is it is very British in that nothing is happening like each episode is sort of like a different scandal but the scandals are like very low stakes like the scandal is I want to marry a commoner and that whole episode is about wanting to marry the commoner. And so I stopped because I was kind of like, all right. And then when, when Twitter wouldn't stop talking about it, I was like, am I really going to sit here and watch a show about my colonizer? That's real. Like, when this show took place, my people were, were colonies. We were colonized. And I don't know how I feel, but I'm watching it and I'm still kind of here for it. Okay. It makes me want to like, it's making me think more fancy. Like I was writing an email earlier and I wrote Endeavor with a U and I was like, this feels correct to me. Oh, come through random use. I love random use. Bro, ask me to spell flavor. <laughs> Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I will give it a shot. Um, I need a drama to watch anyway so and I'm trying not to watch the same show over because of you know I know what's going to happen so I'm put at ease I need to like expand my palette a bit so what have you been watching so I've been watching Schitt's Creek um Mm -hmm. sure like sure Sure. I was just talking about that were we were we just talking about this I think we talked about it. Yeah. Um. What else have I been watching? It's so long. Oh my god! You know what I actually? Okay, so I started getting into reality television. Now, mind you, I had these periods where there's about three months of the year where I actually watch reality television. I feel that same. Watching Real Housewives of Potomac. Love it. Messy. Living for it. Um. And then watch Lake City. Hmm no i was gonna say like i've seen clips from salt lake city and it's some something's happening over there oh people are marrying their grandfathers you know what and on that note <laughs> Andy, know. the best part is she was like her grandmother told her to marry her step-grandfather andy colony belongs in jail um <laughs> oh, wait time out is andy cohen another emotional terrorist uh absolutely Absolutely. One wow. of my, like, we'll, we'll do this. Like, let me write this down so I don't forget it. Because um, I got some thoughts on Andy Cohen. Is that your no nuance? That's one of my no nuance. I've realized now that most of my talking points are going to be no nuance. Listen, that's that's the episode title now. No nuance, period. Um, so I guess, um, yes, you've been watching The Bachelorette. There's a black girl. Don't ever pronounce her name correctly. Um, I think it's Taisha, but I keep wanting to say Taisha, but like, <laughs> I think 
think it is Tayshia though. <laughs> um, I'm watching it and it's interesting. So she's black and Mexican. Um, okay. And she seems cool. She seems very, oh my God, this is great. I'm so excited to meet you guys. Oh my God. Right? Um, and the men on the show are causing a bit of drama. They're stirring a bit of tea. So like, I'm here for it. And also, because it was a white girl named Claire. Yeah, they replaced, yeah. They replaced because she fell in love with homie after two weeks. But then they had like a shutdown period. So technically it was like four or something weeks, four or six weeks. And now she's engaged to him. So she, so she just said, ignored the whole process. She said, I want that one. She literally, literally said like, fuck these other men. I'm literally just dating Dale. And <laughs> it got engaged to Dale. And, uh, you know, she's like, he, he reminds me of my dad and my dad's dad. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, girl, girl, this ain't sitting well with me. Um, but go off, I guess. Marry a man that you've known for four weeks. Maybe it is one of those things when you know, you know. I yeah. don't know, clearly. Um, so yeah, they, then they replaced her, but they didn't replace the men. Okay. So the men were originally for this white lady and it was black lady. <laughs> Now this black lady is the bachelorette. And listen, um and you have some men who are like, I had real feelings for Claire and bada bada boom ba 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 and I'm like, it's been three weeks, y'all. Calm down. Um, but then you have some men like, you know what, I'm here to give love a chance. Now the black men perked up when they saw her, right? Because they're like, Yo, baby, because you know the black men last maybe three weeks on the bachelor and then they leave. They said they're gonna make it on television. Like, oh, we about to be we about to be hometown dates, baby. Like <laughs> so i'm watching and i'm like oh but i'm relatively certain she's going to pick a white man to procreate with or like date or whatever engage whatever she chooses to do at the end of this i'm not mad at it go off sis um but yeah there is one white man on there fine like i don't understand what's his name it's his name, Steven, but I could be making up a generic white man name. Um, what's his name? Also, also, she was married. This is the T. This is the T. She was mm-hmm. married. I'm pretty sure her um, ex-husband is coming. I'm relatively sure her ex-husband is coming mm-hmm. on the show. How'd that work? They just bring exes on? They're not supposed to, but I think they will. And I am, oh, how many men is it? I'm trying to sit here and find this man. Oh, Spencer. I'm going to just send you his picture. I'm like, okay, sis. Like, and they have cute chemistry, so it makes sense a little bit for them to, like, be cute, right? Um, at, least, at least one of these men look like Drake. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in one of these pictures. Damar is fine. Who? Okay. How old is she? Half these names. I don't know half these names. I just know them based on like the character names I gave them. Oh, that black man who does spinning. Yes. Oh, woo! A beautiful. Okay, I feel like they stacked the deck in, in um in her favor, if you will. Remember, They're most quite... of these men though was here for. I know, but. Okay, wait, no, there's, I, I thought there was less men than there were. There was a whole nother row of white men to go. Yeah. Okay, Spencer's cute. Water treatment engineer. Um, what was I going to say? No, so there was this show I used to watch back in the day on Lifetime, and that show was 
fantastic. And it was the, it was like, it made me have a whole nother perspective on reality shows. We might've talked about it. It's called Unreal. It was on Lifetime and it was phenomenal. Where they faked The Bachelorette? Yes. Where it was about the producers of The Bachelorette. And it was that, what was her name? Kate Mara or whatever her name is? It was not Kate Mara. What? It was. Something. What was that girl name? It was, I feel like it was definitely Kamara. Am was, I making that up? That you are definitely making that up. No, I, I promise you, I'm not that bad. I feel like because that was the only reason I liked her, and then I watched her in um House of Cards and I hated her. Sherry Appleby. I'm looking. Girl, girl, girl. Yeah, you do kind of look like her. That's not what she looked like in the show. Yes, it is. She that's how Rachel looks. I'm tired. When I tell you I'm actually tired. No. No. Okay, it's been a long time since I've seen this woman's face. It's a good show. It's a really good show. It's a great show. Not the point, not the point. Point is it was a great show that completely changed the way I looked at reality shows and how I realized just how terrible producers are. Like it made watching like America's Next Top Model a whole nother experience. Because if you just imagine that everything is orchestrated by somebody else, wow. When they they had to convince the little black girl to come on for yep. the uh, black man season? For the white man season. No, for the black man season, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The dude who was in Being Mary Jane. Yeah, was he? And like, she was, I think her name was like Ruby. And bro, that was a good one. But, oh yeah, she was like an activist or something. Right, and she said, like leave college. Yeah, <laughs> leave college, right? Except for when they, then they tried to throw police brutality in at the end. That one didn't make sense. That one we could have done without. <laughs> like we could have done without. Um, point um, is, that was an amazing show. That show is the closest I've gotten to watching any of the bachelors or bachelorettes. Mm-hmm. So I respect them. Um. I think never mind I'll save this again let me write this down all right um, <laughs> what have I been watching besides the crown um I okay so I watched our good sis Olivia Shantae Benson not I'm not I'm not because I know where you're going <laughs> I only watched the first episode because that was the one that I wanted to see and having her little son sit up in his bed and say, mommy, are you racist? And then I go on Twitter, people are like, how could a child ask someone that? It's like, ma'am, first of all, Olivia Benson is not real. And second of all, yes, your child has the ability to question the decision to you make. He can ask you that question. Like, that's not a smart question to figure out. The boy's like 10 or 12 at this point. Like, he, he sees his mama making bad decisions. But besides that, the part that really took me out was they decided that our good sir, Odafin Tutuola, had the acting abilities to have multiple serious conversations about race relations. <laughs> and I love how then I look, I looked and they were like, oh, and we're going to bring back Tamara Tooney. Remember the, um, the Emmy? We're like, yeah. we're going to bring her back because he can't do it alone. Yeah. I don't know. I think overall it was a very interesting episode especially because they did the whole thing where they referred back to that episode where paula dean shoots a little black boy which that happened, that happened. 
but I don't know. I think the part of me wants to sort of follow the season and see if they actually hold Olivia Benson uh, accountable for her decisions and her like collusion with the honest threat to society that was Elliot Stabler. Real, very real. But yeah. also like, I feel like the thing about SVU that's very different than Brooklyn Nine-Nine is SVU function as sort of propaganda that doesn't work. Like it did, but it didn't. Okay. Like, like you watched it loving these characters knowing that what they were doing was wrong. Oh, wow. And I think that's sort of a very interesting sort of thing to navigate. Interesting. Yes. That's- I feel like there was a lot of conversation about, and this is what I was going to ask you, there was, and you kind of brought it up, but there was a lot of conversation about, you know, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and how does that mm-hmm. fit within all of this? And now mm-hmm. pop shows overall are doing this, Black Lives Matter, we're not racist, or we're going to talk about racism in a way that doesn't really hold any part of the institution that you're portraying accountable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like folks had thoughts on that. And I'm like, some people are like, oh, this is just entertainment. Other people are like, no, nah, like this is a serious real thing that needs to be discussed. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Oh, absolutely. And I tweeted about this some. I absolutely think that our TV shows, particularly our cop related shows, have a responsibility to have this conversation because actual cops aren't. And I feel like, especially for those people who when they hear abolish the police and they're like, no, not my heroes who save lives. But then you see these these cops that you actually know and are familiar with and you see them actually having these conversations. And that's the one thing I did enjoy about this episode of SU, particularly because like, Olivia Superior is a black man and it was this whole they had this whole thing where it was like, we were by the book and then his her superior is like, well, the book got us here. And basically that whole idea that there's this old guard that is that is beholden to the, the way things are and that they're going to do these sort of performative placeholder options like throwing Olivia Benson under the bus so that real systemic change doesn't have to happen. Okay. So I feel like if we continue to have those conversations and you can be like, yes, you love this police officer, this police officer, but you can also see how one, they're part of a system that harms people, but also how they too are participating. And what I really liked was they had her go to IAB because you know how this show always set up every cop show shows sets up iab is like the bad guys the bad people iab is the worst and it's like no they exist for a reason they're supposed to hold you responsible so she goes to iab she got her little we had everything right he had warrants and the lady stopped the table was like i'm gonna stop you here she said i've heard it this like two different ways either i'm either the person has to like hide the fact that they are visibly racist and hate being reprimanded by a black person or two they're like oh i'm sorry i didn't know i don't have biases i'm good and does it and is it willing to then take that next steps to see their responsibility in the matter and it was kind of frustrating but i guess made sense for like the whole point of the episode for it was for Olivia Benson to realize I do have biases and I do need to do something about them. Cause the best thing that little boy said, her son said was, did you apologize? Like that was the first thing on his mouth after he asked if she was a racist. He was like, did you apologize? He's like, cause you taught me that when you do something wrong, you apologize. And she's like, well, there's a law. So he's like, well, no, apologize. So you know what she did? She took her little butt and she apologized. And like, no, that didn't mean anything. Like that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But at the end of the day, it's 
sort of that taking that next step beyond well it's not me or maybe it's me but i i still need to figure out what that means to actually doing I'm real acting denial you move outside of that realm of denial i get that wholeheartedly yes and my other i have had a lot of thoughts about like these big primetime shows in the time of coronavirus oh. but the only other one that i will bring up are you talking about is Grace? absolutely my dear watched it but Mary i know what happened yeah what i said i haven't watched it because you know i haven't watched Grey's and god knows how long but yes. i know everything because of twitter so you're good to go okay cool because my good sis meredith gray is currently covid19 positive um and i because i was like scrolling through twitter and someone was like they like a lot of the people in their community, they're anti-maskers, don't believe in coronavirus, but they love Meredith Grey and they love Grey's Anatomy. Oh! Exactly. So if you think about it, not only are you then seeing a hospital that is experiencing the pandemic and like they are constantly talking about the number of people who are dying. They're like, I've lost seven people today. I've lost 53 people in total. And you're feeling, in the first couple episodes, it felt a little heavy handed of sort of like, this is what life in COVID is now. But on like the third episode, I was like, damn, this is like, you feel it. You're like, this is not like anything else. Like this is fundamentally changed how we as a society, how we as healthcare providers interact with our world. And because we like us as regular people aren't in those rooms, we will never really be able to fully feel that weight except for in this kind of a, a format. Right. And then to see Meredith Gray and they're talking about her lungs and they're t- talking about all these different things. And, and like, you're seeing it yourself, but also you're seeing the people who are affected who don't have COVID. Like they, this was on station 19, but they had this whole side plot of like, one of the doctors is an OBGYN and she was saying how she lost the patient because the patient was afraid to go to the hospital because of coronavirus. And like, so, and she was saying she lost multiple patients and you're seeing all of that. And it's, I don't know, it felt real. The one thing I will say is they're doing that thing where they have like the black characters constantly talk about how all the people dying of coronavirus are black. Black, right. Every time uh, uh, Ella, Maggie, uh, Meredith's little sister talks to her little boyfriend and they're like, lost another black person today she looked like my mama and it's like every time y'all talk you're gonna talk about my black people are dying and you know like if this wasn't like a real thing Grey's Anatomy would do that thing where it magically solves a problem that could not be solved in real life like how they just be like curing diabetes or like fixing cancer Alzheimer's winning like prestigious awards exactly but I don't know it's Alzheimer's or some nonsense Yeah. yeah I feel like I don't know. I feel like my whole shtick for this entire time is how television has a responsibility to have these very real conversations about racism and health, police brutality, race, like all of it, sexism, ableism, all those things. And so they've sort of like approximated at them without maybe intending to, Mm -hmm. or so just be like, okay, we're going to make an effort to show representation. But I feel like now this year, it's sort of that very intentional, like we need to talk about these things. And I feel like there's that fine line between reflecting a reality while also still giving us room to enjoy, you know, the, that separation versus sort of just like that heavy handed, like, I'm just going to recount everything that happened to you for the last six months. Um, like you weren't there. Uh, like the first two episodes of This Is Us. That was cringy. So This Is Us is cringy, period. This, this, this season 
I'm not sure what it is. So I'm halfway through the episode that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That one was... <laughs> I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's not sitting well with me. I think it's lost its magic. It something, something is off. Like, something is off. Uh, Randall's getting on my nerves. It, like, his corny dad jokes aren't even slapping like they used to. Like, all the kids getting on my nerves. Like, I'm tired. When I tell you I'm tired. I feel like the thing that was missing for me is like that oh shit moment where all the pieces fall together and then you start crying. Because I feel like, especially because they have this whole idea of like the different timelines and you're seeing how all of these different pieces fit together to make the story. Absolutely. And they're not clicking like they used to. Like the whole Randall had, no, um, Randall experiencing racism at every age. Like that was, I'm like, okay, it's just more of the same. But like the whole Kevin in the disordered eating thing I thought was interesting. I thought it was very interesting, yes. But it's also like, it kind of felt like this weird leap. It felt forced to me. I'm gonna be honest with you. It felt extremely forced to me. I just feel as though because his baby mom slash I think sort of fiance is has this background Mm -hmm. like they're putting it together so that way they can like achieve because we know at the end that madison becomes his wife like we do know this they get married i thought though in 2030 they were married that's what they they get married and they we know eventually that becomes his wife i thought they were separate like when he was in the house with them kids by himself i assumed he didn't get married to her no i assumed that he did get married did he have a ring? Yeah. From he what did? I remember. I was not paying that much attention. I was more worried about whether Beth and Randall were sitting together and crying over Tess being, uh, Tess being the, the social worker. True. Also, they picked a fantastic woman to play her. Because that was... I was like, did they just put makeup on her or something? This was me. I was like, CGI really is great these days. Like, ooh, they budget must be That strong. must be her big sister or something. Bro, the way I cry when I put all them pieces together about who testing that little boy was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so yeah, I feel like, I don't know. It just, the season overall feels forced. Like, yeah. a lot of it feels forced. I don't care about Kevin and his acting career. No offense and no disrespect. But like, just let the man be wealthy and keep it pushing. Like, I'm tired. Oh. I don't... I, I barely am caring about Kate and Toby, like, because you, you, we, I think we all know where this is headed. I'm relatively sure we're all know, we all know where this is part is headed. Is this, but is this their baby? Like, is it? Because that could be the twist. I do, okay, I'm not gonna lie, you haven't finished the episode yet, but the whole Kate and Toby thing is kind of doing it for me. Like, there's some pieces that are missing, like that whole trying to connect her and the little diorama boy to her and Toby, that didn't do it for me. But I like the idea of them trying to become parents in this way. Her developing this relationship with this potential mother at the end of this episode she starts to tell a story that she doesn't get to finish which i find annoying but i think they're trying to do something interesting with kate she's still trying to deal with her white guilt yes okay i don't know she's the only one right now who i'm like okay i see for and they have not given beth enough time they never give beth enough time though in my personal opinion beth is a wealth of talent yeah of like she's interesting enough to hold her own instead of just being Randall's wife. Like no offense, I'm tired of them relegating her to that role, like of just Randall's wife. What happened to the dance studio? 
she came to no, start a dance studio in the dance studio i think they mentioned it off kind of but didn't they say like the dance studio was like failing because of the coin because of the rona i'm like, sure but yeah. we, we, like i would love to see how best plans to save her uh dance studio because watch it be like a random big gesture and randall's gonna be the one to save it. it's like no no beth needs to save her own company yeah she really moved to philadelphia for her to start her career for them to start their like eek. but yeah no so this is us just feeling a bit i don't know i don't feel as inspired mm-hmm. um I just don't care. Like, honestly, I'm at this point where I'm just like... I'm, yeah, like, I'm sad. But, like, I'm... I feel like, for me, at least, it felt like it was finally picking up momentum with this episode. Where I was like, okay, this episode didn't feel so forced, cringy, what have you. And then they're not coming back till January. See, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. You want to know why? Why? Because oh, you, you done after this? My first thing was this. I was like, you know what? I could just power through this episode. Let me start from the beginning and just like finish this episode. But now just told me it's not coming back until January. I'm literally going to wait until the episode, like the day before the episode airs. To watch. Finish the episode. Finish, finish the episode, please. There's oh. just like one little piece to it that I feel like is interesting. Oh, damn. No, you have to finish it because there was. I was going to make a point, but now I can't make the point. You can make the point. You know I don't care about spoilers. Okay, I don't care about spoilers. My point is, why is it that this show refuses to just let black women exist in Randall's life. Like, why is it that Randall now has a white daddy, a black daddy, and a Vietnamese daddy? What, what does, what? We set up this whole thing for him that his mother's still alive. Are you telling me that, his, is his mama still alive? Do we know his mama? At least based on what I've seen, it don't look it. Okay. So it don't look like she's the one who's going to find him. So now the Vietnamese stepdaddy going to find him. Yes. sure wonderful beautiful i'm sure he's an amazing man why having 15 dads i'm tired okay (laughs) damn can he give me one like (laughs) like i'm tired (laughs) this is why he don't know how to treat best right at all <laughs> like i am exhausted of the show now i am gonna watch it just so i can get exhausted again like just wait did you get to the part where um malik messes up where he takes and- off his shirt and shit and run- yes can you imagine if I can- I'm, I'm not gonna pretend like i didn't know the name of any of our city council members <laughs> no, a couple of our city council members, but I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> but can you imagine if one of our city council members just got naked on Facebook? Like, that's really what happened. You know what I would say? I would be like, you know what? It's time to pack it up, but it's time for you to just take a nap, take a day off, take a week off, like, collect your things, let's go home. Because uh, the part that gets me is people really voted for an elected official who did not live in this community. So you want me to vote for a who live in New What? Already seemed far-fetched. Like, I'm supposed to vote for a man who lives in New Jersey. And then his his bulletin is him crying about his daddy? What about me? What about the kids? The kids were supposed to go back to school last week. Talking about some... Remember, he even got, he only got the position because he owns the... The oh, building that his daddy used to live in. have to be specific that his black father, because apparently he has 15 fathers now, like... But the part that gets me is, 
he decided to run for office because it was too hard to fix the building. Did he ever finish the building? Did we ever go back to that building he tore up? No, he did not. You know he didn't. This man just sort of goes from one grand gesture to the next and doesn't even bother finishing. That's the issue I think I have with Randall now that we say this. I feel like he's one of them big picture. I'm just going to I'm gonna go in the moment like he's super impulsive. I'm going to be the hero, save the day. And don't realize other people just want want to just live and breathe and eat. Like, that's it. That's it. And everyone else is of consequence of his big hero gesture. It's like, you ain't got time for this. Beth, I don't even know how you married this. I don't. I don't understand it. And you're probably because he's the man. He literally just wore her down. He was literally like, my daddy is also dead. But I more said that you please take care of me. And he would not leave her alone until she took care of him. Yikes. Yikes. Okay. We have to free her. That is so unfortunate. But yes, that is what I've been watching besides uh, Jingle Jangle. I had I not Jingle Jangle, but I plan on seeing it this weekend. Well, I did cry. You what? I did cry. I cried okay. a little bit. Okay. Yes, it was at a random moment, but I do think there are moments where that are worth crying at. There's okay. just this one. There's this one character who I really liked because she was singing. She was singing it down. The lip syncing on this movie isn't great, but. This is one character where I can't help but see like a perpetuation of these like sort of transphobic, not transphobic, fat phobic and like colorist ideas. Because you have this beautiful young lady. She's maybe in her late 30s, early 40s. First and after Forrest Whitaker. Now make that make sense. There are women. But my thing is the whole point is it's supposed to be this old crotchety man. Who all he does is be mean to her. And I'm like, this is this is grandfather. This is a grandfather, ma'am. There are people who thirst after Forrest Whitaker. I don't know. The whole dynamic. You watch it and then you tell me. I just thought that dynamic didn't make sense. Especially because to me, Forrest felt like 80 years old. You know what? I think it's time for us to wrap this up. <laughs> like, I... Okay, fine. Um, I okay. don't want to do this with you. Watch the movie. That's my whole point. He's okay. giving you Santa energy. I will watch it. I will give you my firmest opinions. And we'll go from there. Jingle, jingle, yeah. whatever. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. For it. I will say this. What I will say is I did appreciate his little singing voice when he had to sing a little bit. It was pretty good. But Anika Nani Rose blew that out the water. Because she's talent. So fun fact. Actually, I have a fun... It's not even a fun fact. It's a... A point of pride for my household so my mom back in I want to say it was 2014 mm-hmm. April mm-hmm. 2014 she went to see a raisin in the sun Ooh. on Broadway yes and so and you know at the time everyone knew Anika before Princess and the Frog right like everyone was going yeah. camp for it and my two younger sisters, who were itty bitty, they were tiny at the not tiny, but they were young at the time. They were little, yeah. Um, she like stopped and wanted to take a picture with them because they were cute. And like you could not tell my mother anything for years. So even Wait to this day. Wait, so Anika Nerdy Rose saw your siblings and said, I want to take a picture with them. Because like she was walking, you know how like they walk out or whatever. And like she wasn't finna do any of the pictures. She wasn't finna do any of the autographs. She smiled, waved, but then she stopped, looked at my two younger sisters and was like, and my mom's just staring at her. 
And like, she's like, I'll take a picture with them. Like, yeah, cool. And she took a picture and then walked and like did whatever, like got in the car or whatever. You can't tell my mother anything. I would love to see this picture. I'll show you. Princess Tiana said my daughters were beautiful. (laughs) And I'm like, um, okay. Like, yes, go off. Yes. I'll pull up this picture so you can see it because it's actually like adorable. Oh, I my mom, of course, tried to get in the picture. <laughs> I just want to throw that part out there. Oh, I just love her. I think she's so talented. It honestly made it gave me another reason to rewatch Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. Just honestly for that one episode. That one episode was amazing. So the amount of talent. The good the queen Nicole Bahari was in there. She got nominated for some award. For um, whatchamacallit? Uh, Miss Juneteenth, which is quite a good movie. Um, I'm not gonna do it. I was gonna do something, but I'm not gonna do it. What are you not gonna do? I want you to do it. I don't know what you were going. No, I'm about. not gonna talk about her. Carrie, you need to talk about Carrie. Go talk about Carrie. Do your thing. No, I'm not gonna do it. No, oh, oh, fine. So, point is, I've like, I was on Twitter chilling. Oh, you know what? No, this is what I want. No, you know what? That's gonna be my no nuance November. Okay. That's what I will say. Point is, yes, that's that's what I, yes. What I will say, not as a segue, but one of my talking points that I feel like is more of a story or a concept that I want to ask you about than a statement. Have you heard of quantum mortality or quantum immortality? Girl, no, what is that? (laughs) Right, because I was talking to my friend about it yesterday and I had a moment where I realized I might have experienced it and it freaked me out okay no share I need to I need to um so yes so quantum mortality or immortality I forget which one it is point is the whole concept was that there is no such thing as like death the way it works is that when a sort of when your your body or spirit dies or has a near-death experience what's happening is you're then splitting off from whatever timeline in which you would have died and then you just enter into a new one and you keep going sounds really interesting right I didn't do too much research but it was sort of like that idea that like when you have those near-death experiences when you sort of see the light da, 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 that's what's happening is you sort of just like it's like oh you messed up here we're gonna try again over here and like we're talking about how like I feel like a good way to sort of visualize it and understand it though a bit more extreme was like uh Rick and Morty did this so the way they did it was like the universe the timeline that Rick and Morty were on they messed it up so badly that like earth was about to cease to exist so what they did was they hopped to a different one that was basically the same as their own murdered the versions of themselves that were there and then just kept going from there yes that's how they did it but they're dark and morbid and all those things right so you feel like you've experienced this i feel like i've experienced this okay because if you feel comfortable um i'll talk about it some okay so like when I turned, the way this started was I was talking to my friend about how when my birthday felt like it was somebody else's birthday. And I was like, I don't really know. These past two years, I've had a lot of experiences where I'm sort of just like, things don't feel real. It's sort of like so many different things have happened. You know, like that whole feeling like, I don't know, there was a shift in the timeline, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so then I started talking to her, her about this idea of quantum mortality and how like around my 21st birthday, I had this experience which sort of felt like, I don't know, like I was born again. Like things, there was just like a radical shift in my experience of myself and my existence. And then I was like, wait, what if that is because 
whatever version of me in that other timeline something happened and she had to hop into this one and so who I am right now is whoever I left behind and then I had this whole like what if moment but I don't know I don't know it's just a thought but interesting I think that's a really interesting concept too and so she was sort of like what if the reason why it doesn't feel like your birthday feels like somebody else's birthday is because in the other timeline that wasn't your birthday yes right and then I was also talking about how like yesterday was my Jesus birthday because yesterday was the two-year anniversary of when I accepted uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and like she's like maybe that's your birthday or something I was like you know what that could be maybe that could be it that's awesome yeah it was a very interesting idea I don't know I don't know how I feel about it because you know I I can't go too far out because then I get scared (laughs) no that sounds interesting I don't okay I will say from what you described I don't think I've experienced something like that but I don't know I think it'd be cool I I feel like it'd be a really unique experience to do so you know what I mean yes 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 that sounds interesting though it was definitely something so it's something I wanted to share with you because I because I know you like when we talk about the four and the five d yes absolutely that's my jam like this is for the birds like (laughs) I don't know this is for the birds existence feels so very uh, strange it feels strange and it feels foreign at times I just I don't know where we go from here I feel like yeah feel like we've reached this moment particularly because i think up until the election it felt like you know you know the doomsday clock how it gets closer and closer to 12 like it felt like we were there it felt like we was at eleven fifty nine. right and now after the election it kind of feels like it's eleven thirty, and i don't know what's going on you know because we're in this weird period of transition i mean the current president is attempting to establish a coup although really if we're being honest it's already i happened. think He's utilizing this time right now. It's 444. He's utilizing this time right now to cover up all of his tracks, right? Because, you know, January 20th at 12.01 p.m., the man is no longer quote unquote untouchable. And if I was him, I got them charges for him. If I was him, the second it's 12 o'clock, I'm on a plane going to a country where, you know. listen listen okay um because like baby you're not you're not finna survive this also his son has covid i did see that and you know um i think here's my thing i feel like even if like a formal coup isn't successful what he has succeeded in doing is is creating this uncrossable divide in this nation Absolutely. No matter what, there are now what seventy million people who believe that our government is a sham. Yeah. Whereas I don't. There's however many other million people who know our government is a sham and still choose to participate. Um, and like that, like what what happens on January twentieth could be really bad. Like I saw that thing that was like, how then do we have an inauguration? Because if they don't want people to show up because of COVID, inauguration needs to be canceled. Yes, but here's the thing together here's the thing though if so if biden supporters don't come you know who is going to come trump supporters yeah and so then you have another million mega march and they're gonna claim oh there's no riots no protests no violence but multiple people were stabbed 
you have this little boy out on two million dollar bail who bought his his gun with his stimulus check his stimulus check like what we are now a nation divided and i don't know how we get back from that we so i talked about that on my twitter the day it was like two days after the election or something or day after long story short andrew Mm -hmm. was like you know we have to talk about the fact that six at the time it was 64 million americans we have to talk about or 68 million americans he was like we have to talk Mm -hmm. about the fact that 68 million americans like we need to understand the why and i was like the why is not difficult to figure out they're one of Mm -hmm. three that have happened people fell into one of three buckets who voted for trump they either decided to put humanity over the economy right they decide or they they decided to put the economy over the economy over humanity yes or they themselves are did not care enough about racism about you know xenophobia and everything else they didn't care enough about it therefore they're complicit in it or thirdly they are themselves racist they are themselves sexist they are themselves xenophobic and they fell into those three buckets in my opinion and that's when joe talks about healing a divided america i don't really know how he intends to do that because there are literally 70 million people who said trump is our guy and i think I think part of the problem is, is you had these people, regardless of order, what bucket they fell in, who were finally felt seen and felt heard. Because if you think about it, this is, this was the point of race. Like this is the reason why race exists is so that we can alienate a particular group of disenfranchised white people right. and tell them that their economic, their political interests align with our economic ones our being rich white people and the problem is is then you have this man who truly could not care less about them who then decided i'm just gonna make you feel good i'm gonna see you i'm gonna acknowledge i'm gonna say all the things you want to say especially now that we live in this post-liberal post-racial society where you can't even say anything anymore and i'm gonna say all the things that you've always said because that's all you've known to be true and then and then you have these people who are trying to take away your way of life who are trying to and like my thing is, is we don't need to sit them down on 2020 or give them more of a platform because that's um, like, because that's part of the problem. Like, I think the problem is, is like, what do we do when their platform is fundamentally on the lives and backs of marginalized people? Like, yes, you are also marginalized and we need to do something about that marginalization, but how do we get to you when all you're worried about is that performative act of I'm going to make you feel good to distract you from the fact that you don't have what you need exactly that's a word that was a word like I I don't know I feel like this election never mind I'll save that because that's my that's one of my no nuance (laughs) I'm so excited um I feel like that should that honestly do I have anything else that I can't turn into a no nuance um no not really do you want to go first or you want to go back and forth? How do we want to do this? Before we go into our segment of No Nuance November. So for those who don't know, it is in fact, as we've said several times, yes. No Nuance November. And how that works is you just provide an opinion statement, fact, if you will, and provide no explanation. I think we can if we would like to, but you don't have to. The point is, it stands how it stands. Right. Would you like to go first? I think you can go first okay 
here's my first one because this is something I've been thinking about okay I have several but this is where I'll start I I feel like the concept of parasocial relationships allow us myself included to be way too comfortable with people we don't actually know without the sort of boundaries and rules of actual relationships absolutely and a little bit more on that is like I want to be nicer to the celebrities that I that live rent free in my head, but I don't actually know because I feel like I just will talk out my chest and I don't know you. I don't know your circumstance. I can't relate to you, and I want to be better. <laughs> right? Like the whole point of this podcast came out of that, but I want to do better because I really will just judge and judge and judge, and I don't know you. Okay. Yeah. Will I succeed? I don't know. I'm a work in progress. Okay. You want to go? Okay. Um. So I feel like we always talk about the bad of a Trump presidency, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And you know how it was going to be the worst thing that happened, X, Y, and Z. But his presidency did one really good job. It explained how racist this country is, right? And for that, I am genuinely thankful for moving into the this is a post-racial society. Black people don't have it hard. Everyone is equal. We're America. Okay. We're America. Anyone can survive here. And I think certain folks were pushing that narrative that America's not racist and that America was, you know, the greatest land in the world and all these other things. And it wasn't flawed or problematic. And Donald Trump literally took a magnifying glass and said, I'm burning this to the ground, baby. Can I, I don't want to push back, but I do want to push back. Push back. Because I think the, I think the minute Joseph Robinette Biden was elected into office with his good sis, Kamala. We did it. I saw TikTok and called her, uh, where they called her Black Hillary Clinton. I died. <laughs> I have to send it to you. Point is, I think the minute that happened, white liberals got comfortable. Oh, yes. Everyone's becoming complacent. Absolutely. And I think that's the frustrating part. That's my only frustrating part is now rate. It's like that there's even that divide between the us and them of racism of sort of like, I'm not a red hat MAGA wearing racist. Like I'm not carrying tiki torches. Therefore I'm not the capital P problem. Right. Right. And so I feel like when you, then when you try to parse out and you have people talking about like spicy white or I people that happen to be white or right. I literally a line in SVU was I'm not one of those Karens right. about a white woman who called the police on a black man for no reason. And so we're aware of sort of those layers, but it's like, what does it actually mean then to really stand up and be like, no, this is a systemic problem. And we are all complicit in it. Right. Every single last one of us. Yeah. That's real. But yes, I, I, I Oh no, no. I would say, um, I do think for all of that that is happening, I do see people becoming complicit again and thinking America's back to being great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there are people who did wake up and see like, oh shit, like this really isn't the land of all greatness, right? And started to recognize, and I think really with Generation Z and maybe the later half of the millennials, a lot, maybe not a lot, a good portion realizes that no, nah, like shit's not sweet, right? And I think that is where I'm thankful for it. You know what I mean? 
I agree. I feel like for those who are willing to actually wake up, it's like, oh. It's like, oh shit, yeah. Obama did nothing. I think even like, and I feel like what I've appreciated is I feel like the people who are already leaning left are now truly radicalized. Right. Like people are like, oh, we still need to get over our love affair with a Brock. It's like, girl, most of us been new. I remember when they rolled the big TV and swore that man into office. I also know that man is a war criminal. Like I, I'm good. I am okay. All right, it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay. Follow up to my first point, but still something that's sitting on my spirit. It fundamentally bothers me that a significant marketing strategy in this day and age is sending wealthy, famous people expensive things that are then called affordable, high-end, whatever. Oh, I know where this is coming from. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's coming from there, but it's coming from a number of places. (laughs) It's coming from Ivy Park not sending me my box, partially. Not even my box. I just want the dusky color. You know, the like, the like, uh, sand dunes, or I forget what she called it. That was a really beautiful color. Can I be honest? The greens were doing it for me. Bro, Degrassi drip. That's the only one that name I remember. The Degrassi drip, because Degrassi is exceptional. Point is, that one in the, in the, the pants, the little cargo-y pants. Yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Hoodie. I want it. Not the point. We could talk about black capitalism. Oh, all day, baby. My point is. That's one of my no nuances, but go ahead. My point is, is when I look on, because I, I feel like this is sort of that intersection of celebrity culture and influencer culture, where it's like, I don't have to have ads anymore. I could just give famous people my clothes and have them try it on. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like, and then to make it seem like to diversify, I'm going to send it to influencers. And like, I think, yes, we're sort of getting closer to something that looks like marketing for real people. Like when you send uh, Ivy Park to Tabria who spent thousands of dollars pretending to be Beyonce for Halloween or even Rolling Ray. Like Beyonce selling Rolling Ray a box, that to me felt correct. Especially when she said, yeah, when I check up on you like I do. And it's like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I love how there's no nuance, but here I am. We're providing the nuance because we want people to understand our take. Go ahead. Because... <laughs> I hate, I hate this, but I have to stay on brand. Carrie came out with her new capsule collection for this jewelry brand, All right. Mm-hmm. And it's lime, it's called Lion Pride. And she's like, I sent it to my lioness pride. And the jewelry's cute. And I'm like, I really like that. It's a black owned brand. It's two women. There's a message, da, 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 da. And then they're like, this is like fine jewelry at an affordable price. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. It's accessible, whatever. Starting at, a hundred and fifty dollars that's where they start i was looking at like other jewelry i was like oh this is a cute little bracelet fifteen hundred dollars what am i doing with a fifteen hundred dollar bracelet what with a three hundred and fifty dollar earring and then you're gonna go send send it to all these people who can afford it to try and get me the everyday consumer to purchase that or even like Telfar, like them Telfar bags are so cute. Everybody, my mom was talking about them and how they wanted them. I was like, oh, and they were like, oh, the whole thing is it's accessible, it's affordable to everybody. So I'm like, mm, let me go see about this bag. $250 for this purse. It's a, okay. I will say this about, so I tried to get one of those bags, right? This, was, so bad, this was like a couple months, maybe a couple months after we had graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this bag is cute. This is got to be my adult bag, like period. Like, um saw the hunter green was getting that hunter green no one was telling me about anything mm. um of course i got on the the site at the time mm-hmm. sold out already 
Um, and then I saw started seeing the resale, and I'm seeing six hundred dollars, and I'm like, listen, I'm not paying that for vegan leather. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not. So, and I want to support Black-owned businesses. I definitely do. I definitely do. But no, thank you. I'm not doing it. And then it became a thing that just like everyone a mom and cousin had. You know what I mean? And I was just like, once again, I'm a person who I don't want it. You don't like things other people like. <laughs> I don't want it now. Um, but yes, that's me. I'm, I don't even know then what the answer is to that, that whole idea of sending people things. But I, it just bothers me that the people who have mo- the most receive more, whereas you have so many people who don't have, who are get- then getting, who are then expected to pay more. Exactly. That's, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Your turn. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm a swing it left. Andy okay. Quinn of Bravo, creator mm-hmm. and producer of many of the Housewives or all of the Housewife franchise. Yeah. Um, is Ryan Seacrest and Bravo. Yeah, on Bravo is <laughs> especially when it comes to terms of the Atlanta franchise, Atlanta? the Potomac franchise. Um, I did notice that Potomac. And I haven't. Oh, don't make me do this! I was trying to be good today. I'm just saying, like, no, so I have. I feel like I have to. Say, I feel like Atlanta gives me field energy and Potomac gives me house energy oh look at the cast no 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 no, no. look at the cast and you, you that's why you felt that energy that's yeah, why- no exactly because the one thing I know is that Potomac got light-skinned women all light-skinned the first thing my mom who is a light-skinned woman was like why do y'all light-skinned and I was like making sense like I don't know <laughs> like and they all they their their issues are odd to me um Wow. Well, my favorite character thus far, granted, I've only seen season five. I want to make that clear too. I, I don't know their backstory from one to four. My favorite character right now is or character, because they're human beings. So oh, no. They're they are playing themselves. They are playing the character of themselves. Let's not forget that. Um, my favorite is Ashley. She's the one married to a the super rich white dude who be is the one who be touching people. Yes, but we don't know. Okay, so once again, well, I, I saw that video. He was touching people. I did not see season four, so I don't really know, right? Mm. All I know of season five is that he might have cheated on his wife, although I'm 100% certain he cheated on his wife. He's talking about some, I was drunk and I woke up in the bed with my underwear on. I don't know about that, but what I saw was him smacking the producer's butt as he walked by and then him claiming, oh, I brushed up. No, sir, you full palmed. So there you go, right? Um, Ashley is his wife. Um, and she is an interesting human. Um, to say the least. Part of me really wants to like her because like she's like a crystal light and love, let's do yoga and eat uh something type of woman. And I'm like, I can get behind this. Yeah. And she's probably the least messiest of the team because you know, her husband causes enough foolishness for them. Um, he was the storyline, okay. Right, right. Um, so, but yeah, Andy Cohen it allows for all of these things to happen. He causes the tea, the drama. He withholds money from them when he decides to not hire them for a season. Um, you know, and he stirs the pot in the drama, and he makes money off of this. So, 
that's my take. And on that note, you know what? I'm going to go with a light one. This is going to be a light one. Because I'm not even going to touch that. What I'm going to say is every time I see Viola Davis, I know one that God is real. And two, that 2020 is her year. Because mama glowing like she has never glowed before. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. Maybe some in the water. Maybe Julius is just giving her what she needs. Point is, down. Viola is glowing. Like every time she'd be like, she put a picture on Twitter the other day. She was like, Genesis took this. I was like, yes, you look fantastic. Genesis probably like 12 at this point. Right. Take we it are so happy. Like a photographer. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. I had a, I had a thought, mid thought. I hate when this happens. Oh, my bad. Um, don't remember. Point is, we love to see it. Also, I just watched Doubt. And Mama got an Oscar nomination off a singular scene. Here I am thinking she in the movie. No. It's one scene. That movie also, I'm I'm so happy you saw it because that movie messed with my mind. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel anymore. Who did she doubt? Are we doubting God? Are we doubting the church? Are we doubting the man? Did he do it? Did he not do it? I think I that's right. called doubt because there are multiple entities that you can have doubt. And like right. institutions and humans you can have doubt. Right. Yeah. It's so layered and also mm, can I this is going to be my two-parter because I have to bring them up in the same sentence because I think they are both equally as amazing actress I think Viola invented acting I think Meryl Streep is the greatest actor alive yeah I can believe that yes I can believe that I yeah I'm sold on that I can actually yeah I'm getting behind that I'm getting behind yes because absolutely the way Viola has control of her snot she invented acting but the way Meryl Streep can become 55 different people and literally, like, it seems like mama don't have to try. She don't. She breathes. She's so much. Like, her big little lies proved to me that the Meryl Streep of everywhere else, I was like, I was taking that for granted. Because big little lies, Meryl Streep? Yeah. What? That was that was some next level acting. Point is, yes, that's my, my two-parter. Okay. Um... Okay, so I'll give you a lighthearted one because maybe mine are a bit. <laughs> no, go for it. I just feel like we need balance. Um, so I 120% trust a man who has who like loves cats over dogs. Hear me oh, out. Hear me out. Yeah. Dogs are thirsty. They want to be loved, right? So you don't have to put the effort in. Cats hate you, right? And will only use you when they want to eat, right? And will sometimes be your friend. Yeah. when they feel like it is time to be their friend not because you want them to be <laughs> your friend but because they decide it's a thing for them to do yeah yes I, I i concur so that means you have to work for love if you can work for love and you don't just want a handout mm-hmm. i can get behind it do you prefer do you prefer a man with dog energy or cat energy Oh, I want you to have dog energy. Let me be clear. <laughs> let me be clear. Because I want you to be thirsty for love with me. Let me be clear. Let me let me speak this out into the universe properly. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be thirsty for love everywhere because that means you're about to start cheating, right? <laughs> I need you to You have- can't be a dog. You just gotta feel like a dog. Boom. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Oh my- no. <laughs> I have to tell you, uh, my friend and I, we were talking about... Uh, a different t-shirt we were making but i've i've decided i'm no longer gonna just say this statement willy-nilly so i will tell you what i'm putting on that t-shirt later oh wow oh because i believe i give you dog race by cat energy 
And what I desire is cat raised by dog energy. Does that make sense? You know what? That might actually hit hard because you still have the innate nature of the dog. You still have the innate nature to love. But you were raised by a cat who told you not to care. So I can get behind that. I absolutely can get behind that. Because I firmly believe I radiate dog raised by cat energy. Because I'm very exuberant bubbly, but if you put me in a room by myself, I will have a grand old time. I can see that. <laughs> the way people are like, how are you feeling living alone? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm having a swell time. Right. We do nothing. <laughs> Bro, you, the, highlight, the highlight of my week has been putting up my Christmas lights and laying on my floor. I just lay at the floor and just enjoy the lights. I feel like Meredith Gray looking up at her tree and I, I don't even need, I don't need Izzy and George next to me. I don't. I got me and Doc. I was going to say, that's it. That's it. Everybody. Me and Doc, that's it. We don't even need the vet. <laughs> I'm cackling, bro. Yeah. Also, completely unrelated, I've decided, um, uh, me and my friend were talking, I am Calliope Aphigenia Torres when it comes to Grey's Anatomy. And did I not call that our first episode? Did you? Probably. Yeah. Who did we, who did we say you were? I think you said I was a combination of Christina and Maggie. Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, yes. Did. I was just, like, <laughs> as I asked a question like Christina, but yes, and Maggie. Yes. Oh, I love Maggie. Maggie's great. She really is. She's she little, has a little boy. Great. Right. Yes. I have mm-hmm. been trying to get my family to acknowledge that I can be annoying, right? Uh, and I don't know why. Sometimes I just like to cause pain to myself, right? You really be like, I, this is this horrible thing. I'm like, girl, no, it's life. You're like, no. Literally, okay, for the past maybe like two-ish weeks, you have been like, girl, like, I'm there. <laughs> we were like, the, the pastor, like, girl, you were there for a reason. I you were, like, you were in the where it happens. I literally was just like, I have imposter syndrome and I don't want to do this anymore. And you're like, girl, sit down. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this with you. Literally, anytime you succeed in anything, you immediately question it. I do, and I need to figure out where that comes from because I need to stop. I really need to stop. I can't get excited for myself. I can't get, ner- like, I don't know what it is. I immediately feel like the second I get something or, like, achieve something, it is now not a thing. Like, it's not, it's a thing I'm, so- I was telling my mom this other day. I feel like things that I do and that are deemed by society as successful I just think I'm supposed to do them therefore I don't really put any real value into it so I immediately think that I'm not doing well right and I don't know where that came as I have a little inkling of where that came from this is side note but I was talking to um I had a whole bunch of just like like conversations with people today Mm -hmm. this week and Mm -hmm. They, I, there were like a whole bunch of academics and they're like I'm like listen this is what I want to do da, 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 da. and they're like this sounds amazing and I'm like yes. the methods I want to like this is me acting like a this is what I want to do and then they're just like yeah no this is fantastic and I'm like everything's going to shit like <laughs> like it's so bad it's so bad and like I need to talk about it I don't know I need to figure it out especially before like next year but like it's bad mm-hmm. like and it wasn't, it honestly would shed like a big light on it was you saying like, girl, you was already there for a reason. Like you literally were sitting there for a reason. And I'm just like, do I have to remind you how many degrees you have again? C 
jealousy, but I feel like there are also other people in the world who have, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, but there are not that many people. You can't sit here and act like there are that many people with that many degrees. It's not a lot. But like, you get, uh, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't. Stop it. Stop it. Stop that. We're not even doing that. Absolutely my not. Degrees are in a, like, my degrees are literally collecting dust. They're somewhere in my house. I literally, my, I, one of mine sat in my drawer for a year. Then I finally bought frames where the frame didn't fit, so the other one is sitting in the drawer for a year. Like, speaking of, my father wants photocopies, so I have to take them to him or mail them to him. But point is... That's really beautiful. You want to you wanna know, you want to know what kind of mother my mother is? The day I graduated high school, my mother bought a frame and said no this frame is not for your high school diploma this is for your undergraduate degree that i had not even started yet yes then ask me where the frame is she lost the frame oh my mother is a beautiful all over the place high achiever okay okay yes i love her dearly um yes okay back to the no nuances i feel like we should shoot off a couple more yes it's um, turn, I think it's my turn. Yes, the royal family. No, no. Can I get? It's gonna be two parts. It's gonna be two parter. One, two parter. How how were you more qualified to run my nation, and you've never even been to middle school as 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 a leader, and yet my people who look like me are not capable of leading their own nation, you know, you know? And to this day, there are people who still believe that, but I'm not gonna talk about that. Specific, okay, if you haven't, you can't tell I'm talking about Queen Elizabeth because I've been watching The Crown. I, I but know. also the second charter is the royal family and that little old lady murdered my princess. The one, the only princess Diana. They murdered her and Scandal told us so. Scandal said it too. Told us this. I was gonna say a couple years back. Like, what was it? Yeah. Like we all knew, but Scandal was like, "Yeah, girl, we knew too, and we're gonna say it with our chest." Yeah. I don't know what the crown said because I'm not on that season yet, but we know what you did, mm-hmm. and we know that's the reason why Harry had to get Megan out there because we know it's gonna happen again. Except yeah. he loves his wife and doesn't want to cheat on her. Harry and Megan doing whatever. Oh, that brings me to one thing. Right. Um, so you know they left the yes the situation and they basically were saying like what their next goal is is to go into philanthropy and you know all those things philanthropy charity all those things are inherently flawed we let let society dictate or we let wealthy individuals dictate what is important and what should be given funds and resources to Mm -hmm. and how much Mm -hmm. instead of just taxing them and taking their money because they probably got it in a very illegal or or exploitative exactly way so let's just not like let's just take their money and do what we're supposed to do in the first place really unrelated nice little segue Pen now pays pilots? Question, yes. <laughs> I saw somewhere that said that, uh, that I think 40%, it was like some small percentage of how much they should pay in taxes right. would be like four times what they're actually paying. Yeah, yeah. So it's like not even all of the taxes. You, you give me percentage of percentages. I would rather them just pay the tax. Like, listen, 
I'm here hey, paying the taxes. Like, like I didn't know. I didn't think there would be a day where, like, when I got that email, I remember Amy Gummis sent that email. And I was like, wait, are these pilots? And then I was like, wait, these are pilots. Look at that. We finally, because I remember people used to be on campus with the signs, and it was like pen, pen, payments in lieu of taxes. Texas. Okay. <laughs> I know the acronym because I yes. see it many. They said, give us the payment in lieu. Okay. And here we are. But is it enough? No, it's not. No, it's I'd rather not. they just pay. Like, I'd rather, I, when I tell you I'm actually tired, like, I'm tired of institutions. Oh, I have a new, no, nuance November. Okay. <laughs> um, Amy Gunman is going to be, um, probably going to be on Biden's. <laughs> what, what if Amy Gunman becomes our Amy, our Betsy DeVos? <laughs> Then I'm going to sleep. Like I told you, my my factory reset is going to sleep and then waking up again, right? Honestly, why do I feel like they're two sides of the same coin? Because that's accurate. Because <laughs> that's a very accurate thought. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like yes, this cabinet. Oh, okay. Hold on. I need to start writing some of these down so I don't lose them. What was the one I just thought of before? Oh, okay. Rahm Emanuel can go suck an egg. That's what I have to say. This cabinet, I'm not even playing with Joseph. I'm not playing with Joseph. I'm not playing with Kamala. I'm not playing with Doug or Jill at this point because the spouses can get it too. Doug? Doug ain't even gonna do nothing. Doug is doing nothing. I think, so I gotta gotta pause. I have, no, listen, I have a theory, right? Because he's gonna pick up a cause. He's going to pick up a cause. I have a theory that he's going to do the the girl empowerment with a hyper focus on black girls because you know Kamala. I can't hear you, love. No, I'm but oh. why? But why Kamala? Because Kamala's his queen. Mamala. 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 That's that's his kid's Mamala. Okay, my. I've said this before, but this will be another one of mine. I'm just shooting from the hip. I think you should do the same. Yeah, because I would. I love Kamala Harris, the person. I hate the cop. Yeah. And I just, I wish, I wish she could just be what I wanted her to be and not, I don't know. Yeah, Kamala's position is garbage. No offense. Orphans, I don't really care. Mama listens great, honestly. Kamala the human and Kamala the auntie. Kamala the auntie seems such like such a. I watched a video where she was giving somebody a recipe while preparing for an interview. Go back and forth. I was like, wow. I want to. I want to hear this recipe. Like what you want to do is, you know, no, no. You put the. You got to do. And I'm like, okay, mama. Like you better know how to cook. Okay. How to take make a turkey. I feel like while we're on the Kamala train, I will say this. Uh, similar to you, uh, Mm -hmm. Kamala the politician the cop is not my jam Kamala's yes. person is very interesting and I I think I like her um don't know if you can really separate the two but that's a whole nother conversation mm. there's something very special seeing Doug her very white husband mm-hmm. love her out loud in all of her herness right because let's be clear she's awkward right Let's be clear. She's awkward. We can't deny this. That one was weird. Like, I'm I don't sure love she had, I love I'm it. I'm sure she had a, quite a transition into Howard University. Absolutely. <laughs> I would pay actual money. I would pay actual money to see this. I'm not even going to lie to you. Okay. Uh, there's something very 
nice to see this her being loved for being awkward her being loved for being ambitious and powerful because let's be clear she's very ambitious that's the reason why she's in the Mm -hmm. spot that she's in Mm -hmm. and him just like being cool with taking the back seat to it because like yes he's a he you know was a partner at a law firm and all these other things but he was like I'm taking 50 steps back like she's clearly ambitious and I like that about her or hopefully he loves that about her and like cool like I'm gonna just do this I'm gonna go learn how to step <laughs> with the girls right I'm gonna learn how to corona babies <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a I'm gonna just learn all the things that Kamala needs me to learn period right and I think that's something that is really nice because I feel like sometimes black women have to die down some aspects of themselves to be lovable and it seems like she doesn't have like I seem like I feel like this is mostly authentically her like I think she she don't filter especially once she realized that part of her platform could be her not filtering and she could just be like "Ooh, here I am making my little faces like I have a friend on Twitter who literally their name for on Twitter is I'm speaking Mr. Vice President I was like all right go off I guess I'm speaking I'm speaking Mr. Vice President um here's I have two thoughts one I'm going back to the crown because I literally was just watching it but like there was that whole dynamic of she marries this man she's like 25 years old she ain't got no experience she ain't got no schooling she's not a queen and they made this whole point like because you know her uncle chose love over being king and there was all that drama and he makes this he talks about her coronation and this whole idea that like without sort of the the divinity of it and the whole anointing and like you're communing with God. It's Mm -hmm. like, she's just an ordinary girl with not a lot of experience. But when you add all of the magic of the monarchy, she becomes a goddess. Right. And there's this whole thing where she's so awkward in her power where she'll like ask some questions like, girl, why are you asking us? You're the one who makes the decisions. Mm -hmm. And then I think part of it is then her husband is sort of like, "Um, now that you have all this power, you want to act all big and bold. She's like, yeah, girl, but like, now that I have all this power, you're all insecure and like in your feelings. And I find it wild that this is the same man who we see today who looks like that old worm lady from SpongeBob. He looks, he looks like. Oh. You know what? Once again, I feel like this podcast we we tried, we gave it a good run. Okay, <laughs> what? This is me succeeding. I don't know about you, but this is me at my best. He said the worm from SpongeBob, and the thing is, this, I'm upset because I see it vividly. That man terrifies me. That man looks like death. That look, man looks like, I don't even know what. But knowing that like that's who this character is, is very interesting to me. Cause I'm like, wow, you was really saying things with your chest. Yeah. And here she is running around, still running this nation. Right. And it was a whole thing about him kneeling. And I thought that was just like this whole interesting dynamic of like, what does it mean for powerful women to be loved? And of course, you know, we see all of these ways in which women with power, both fictional and un- non-fictional sort of having these men sort of have to deal with their egos, whatever. But then on the flip side of that is that whole idea of like, what does it mean to highlight when Black women are loved out loud? Like someone made this whole appreciation post about, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, about Gabourey Sidibe and how she's married to this white man. I didn't even know she was married to him, but she's married to this white man and his whole, all of his Instagram is just pictures of her and how much he loves her. And they're like, here is Gabby who has had like a fairly decent career being loved out loud. And someone's like, why do we have to like exceptionalize this love? You know, like, why do we have to go out of our way to say, look, here she's being loved. And it's like, and I see both sides. Like, the truth is, at the end of the day, here is this fat Black woman who, at every turn, we should have been marginalized, who should not have been as successful as she's been, who honestly 
I'm sure people expected to only play Precious and not go anywhere from there, but has had love stories on Empire, has been in Antebellum, which is a movie I have not seen, who has had a fairly successful career and has now found love. And of course we have to point that out because it's hard enough having all of these marginalized identities and still having someone else choose to see your humanity, choose to love you. And yes, I think we, we should have celebrated, but I also wish we didn't have to. That's real. That's very real. But I think that also means that folks need to step up and love us better. You know, does that, you know what I mean? That's, yes. Yes. I, I feel like, yes. I feel like love overall, but that's something that I've been thinking about um, as I read these romance books, as I watch The Bachelor, which side note, real quick, nuance or no nuance. Um, if you're watching The Bachelorette or Bachelor or anything Bachelor related, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor Nation, I don't care what you're watching. If you're watching it for love, you need to seek mental health. Like you need to go to therapy because it's clear that this is a reality show. People are making investments to their future. They're picking partners that they know will sell well there are a few I will say this there are a few of the people who are actually seeking a romantic beautiful life-fulfilling partnership right Mm -hmm. everyone else is here for clout and for the coin if you understand the game you do it well okay Mm -hmm. period but where was I going with that (laughs) wait you talk about love and like us being needed to be loved better yes we need to be loved better and then part of me and I guess this is just like I don't know I have been I've been reading these books and I've noticed a theme a pattern so to speak Mm -hmm. most of the so you know I only read uh romance books that are starring black women right absolutely and the more that they identify or look like me or like have aspects and notes of me I like but I'm noticing a pattern. They're not ever partnered with Black men, right? Out of all, and I've read in the past like three or three-ish months maybe, whenever I started doing this like contemporary romantic book thing, Mm -hmm. um, I've read a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Only one of them had a Black partner. Shout out to Jasmine Guillory and The Wedding Party. It's a great book. Um, but the other four books in her series on non-Black partners. And I guess the proposal I'll take out because, uh, and, and you saw, or you read the, 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 the thing, because we sent it to each other. It's a thing. Yes. Um, yes. The proposal, I will say, uh, has a uh, Latinx human, right, as uh, her partner, but everyone else. It oh, makes me feel like what? Mm-hmm. no one of her other books have a black person too but they're old people so I didn't really love that book um no no not like, trying to be ageist but like if I'm being honest part of the reason why I'm reading these books is to understand what ideally for me right because I've tried the practical route of what do I want in a relationship right mm. and what things I value and what things make me like happy right Mm-hmm. because and I'm on this whole journey of like being my best partner and I understand like to a certain extent I can be my best partner I have things that I need to work on very clear but I don't think that should hinder me in figuring out like a, a relationship or whatever so part of me reading these books and part of the reason why I enjoy reading books that have that like the protagonist is a woman who is like me mm-hmm. is like identifying what that love could look like what being loved properly could look like right period and 
because like all the experiences that I've had with men have been garbage. Like they've actually in some form, like, and I mean, and I mean this in a non-platonic sense and, and not a non-platonic, in a platonic sense as well. Yeah. Most of my experiences with men have been trash, yeah. right? Like from the man who helped to create me <laughs> to, no, like real rap. And I run into- Oh, real, that's real. I'm- from the man who helped to create me, right? To the first person that I've had like sincere, deep, like feelings for and I've always somehow some way gotten played and it never made sense and now I have all of these walls that I'm trying to learn how to build down for folks right mm-hmm. like it's frustrating but I say all this to say I'm noticing a pattern that these women primarily are dating non-black humans right mm-hmm. and it's something it's a and I'm trying to make sure that the subconscious that my subconscious doesn't start associating the way I want to be loved is now being loved by a non-Black man, right? Because mm-hmm. let's be clear, I'm an equal opportunity dater. I will date anyone who genuinely and like thoroughly will love me. I do have, I don't want to say a preference because I feel like that's mad sketch, but if it was my choice, I would love to fall in love and partner with a Black man, right? Period. However, I feel like that now spins into this, I'm upset that me as a black woman, my dating policy, my like my dating self and who I choose to date now becomes like a dating politic, right? It mm. becomes this message of who I am mm-hmm. and who will value you. Yeah. I decided to date. And like I hate that part of me kind of holds on to that and like judges myself mm. if I decide to one day become a white man's whore. You know what I mean? Like I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Wanna go to Tamara Maori route. Listen, sometimes, some days, there are some days where I'm just like, I can see this for myself. And then most of the days it's like, girl, I know you don't see this for yourself. But there are some days I live in the fantasy. When I'm watching uh, Henry Cavill build a computer, I'm like, okay, I can see it. Like I'm, I can visually put myself in this like mind frame. But then there are days where most of them are the days where I'm like, I don't see it. Like, I don't, I don't see it. Like, I feel like if I have to try to, and there's a, there's a thing of being empathetic, right? And like understanding someone's experience. I don't feel like, I, I don't want to teach you. I guess in real life, like for my job, I teach white people things, right? And that's just kind of what I do. I don't want to do that at home, right? Like I'm being honest. I don't want to do that at home. Um, I felt like this was a bit ranty and I did not mean for this to be ranty. Um, oh, you said what you needed to say. I have some thoughts. Um. Here, what are my thoughts? I think the number one thing that I'm that I'm hearing that I feel like is my life philosophy is sort of like the ways in which we understand our world and try to make sense of our world are, are through the things that we can and can't see. So the whole point is like, when you couldn't find what love looked like in this real world, you went to books. And like, for me, it was television. And like, so, you know, I did my, my birthday movie marathon. And one of the movies that I put on there was Bill Street. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching Bill Street, and I was like, "Wait, do I believe in heterosexual black love? Do I really believe in it? Because I feel like, especially in these past few years, I have sort of because there was this whole like I spent my entire childhood watching black rom coms, and it was like for me, love was Monica and Q loving basketball. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is love. This is goals. When did you fall in love with hip hop? Like that was it, right?" And I reached that point in my life where I had to like, every time my movie would end, I'd have to be like, this isn't real. And sort of ground myself in the reality of like, this is not real life. 
And I think for me, the struggle was then I got so comfortable with the idea of love and the fantasy of love that like it almost built up this intolerance and good and bad of real of what was real. So it was sort of like, if you don't fit sort of this idea that I have in my head of what love should be, I'm not even gonna open myself up to you. And that has been my problem. But then also the flip side of that is like, because I'm looking for this fantastical standard, I'm then going to find the easiest candidate to then just project those thoughts and feelings onto, which then le- leaves me fundamentally dissatisfied. And I think, I think it's, it's part of that is then, then after over time, I was just kind of like, you know what, let me just take a step back from all of it. Particularly when you get so many messages about misogyny, specifically misogynoir and like the anti-blackness that heterosexual cisgender black men spout on social media on a day-to-day basis yeah and it's like how then can I feel comfortable and believe that a black man will love me back when I see all the ways in which they don't on a daily basis and then I think even what's more frustrating is that I go to the one black man in my life who has made it like his mission to show me that like he loves me and he loves black women. And I'm trying to have these more nuanced conversations with him. And he's like, well, that's not me. And I don't have those issues. And those are, that doesn't affect me. And it's like, okay, but what I'm trying to talk to you about is a reality that you might not see, but you absolutely live and have to acknowledge. And that gets even more frustrating. Cause it's like, if I can't talk to you about it, who can I talk to? And so it's like, what does it mean to sort of have to, as black women, like even like the whole Serena Williams thing, like so many people spend so much time hating on Serena Williams, calling her a man, saying all these things. And then the minute she found a white man who was willing to love her authentically and truly and use all his venture capital money to help raise that little baby. And now she's a sellout. We lost our African queen. We lost our Nubian queen. When they, started when they started hitting that, I was like, but y'all are the same ones who literally called her an ape and also called her a man. Sit down. Uh, right? And then it's sort of like, and, and even like, if you think about it, like, People literally came up with this transphobic rhetoric about Sierra. Yeah. And before like internet and somehow we all knew this. Right. And then, and it was sort of like, it was almost like Future had to humble her in order for then this Christ-like man of Russell Wilson came and died and they're like, what did she pray to get this man? And it's like, and I think something I liked was that idea of like, what did he pray for? But also the fact that Russell Wilson demonstrates a real life man who loves this woman out loud not for what he she can do for him but for who she is as a person absolutely and it's like I want to believe that more men like that exist but do they do they I don't see it and my part of me is also like I don't want to wait around forever for this like Mm -hmm. that Russell Wilson type human right Mm -hmm. And, and 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 specifically looking for that person to be black right Mm -hmm. and I'm like letting time go on and finding someone who can authentically love me for me right because like I'm getting to a spot where I genuinely enjoy myself I genuinely authentically love who I am flaws and all because let's be real I told you earlier I'm trying to convince my family that I'm annoying but like (laughs) but like I I don't want to wait you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, oh absolutely and but in the same sense I like I don't know sometimes I feel undue pressure to be like to wait if that makes sense 
you know, to, mm-hmm. until I can find this this black yeah, man, the perfect person, yeah, love me authentically for who I am, and I won't have to. Because one thing that I've noticed, and I keep like a little journal just as these things come up, but like one thing mm-hmm. I've noticed, I've diminished myself for people in general. I've noticed I've done that several times before. I stopped mm-hmm. doing that, but it was a big pattern for me. But I realized in the context of men. I realized I stopped. I, I I did that in a way that made me feel very un Emma, if that makes sense. Like, oh, I said that. And right. where I'm like, yo, who? I, like I I could. It felt like a different person. It felt very unauthentic. Like I did not understand it. The rage I feel when I compromise for a man, absolutely, it makes me so angry. Absolutely. And it takes it and it's like you know me. I don't get angry easily, so it's like I don't know then know what to do with those feelings. It's like I want to I want to make you. I'm gonna hurt you because you I've hurt myself for you. Right. And that's not productive. Right. And I think I think that's also the thing of sort of like, I am so perfectly content alone. But there's still that little voice in your head that's like, but maybe but you're not supposed to be alone. Or like, and then you know, I I love my mother. She's like, We gotta find you a husband. And it's kind of like, I still don't know if that's genuinely what I want. I think that's also then something that you said that really struck me was like what is it that I want? Because it's like, we approximate, we assume, we think we know what we want, but there's also what you want and what you need. Mm-hmm. And like on any given day, what I want is to be by, to like raise my kids on my farm. I've realized that like, if I, if I only give birth to one child and then just be- become a foster parent and adopt the rest, yeah. I don't really need a man. I could just, it's one and done and then I'm done. But that, that's neither here nor there. That's It's a solid plan, but it's also like, then do do I want that or do I want like because when I think about I was talking to my friend yesterday about this about the love that I feel like I resonated most with and it was my grandparents because their love felt so simple not in like a bad way but it was very straightforward it was and I think that's a beautiful thing yes and like part of it was probably out of necessity and it's a different time and it's a different like it's a different country a different lifestyle but he, like here are these two people who I would go over to their house they sleep in separate beds they live their best lives but at the end of the day she's cooking him dinner he's doing what he needs to do and they just they're happy together they're content living together and they had this whole life together that I didn't know about but like to this day she's sitting here with her little wedding ring on mm-hmm. and that to me is beautiful that I, I literally spent like a good couple months a couple years ago crying about it because I was just like this that I just love them so much and love what they were able to demonstrate for me because they as individuals were just such beautiful people. And I think- and just live their lives next to each other. I think there are two things that you said. So I think simple love is a one of the most underrated loves, right? To mm-hmm. simply be able to love another human being just simply because you do, like that's beautiful. I think, and I'm sure, I'm, I, I, I wanna say that um, media and like film and television and books and whatever, however else we consume things like, plays a role in the we have to like love has to struggle before it gets good right Mm -hmm. um and we don't necessarily always see the we just love each other like it's just simple (laughs) like you know um and I think that also ties into just like black women in relationships it always seems like we have to struggle or like go through some sort of pain or heartache or just accept certain things such as and cheating which makes no sense to me because why is that like a thing that we just accept? Like, why is that across the board women? And this is, I don't think this is specific to black women, but 
we're just like men are men are men men are gonna do no men need to be held held accountable and put their penises away how about that how about that um but so yeah I think the simple love I think that's really beautiful but I think the other thing I wanted to say was like I don't think in my entire lifetime at least with the the black women that I like personally know I don't think I've seen like a love to aspire to. I'm being a hundred percent honest. Oh, I girl, I had that conversation with my therapist one time. I was just like, I, I don't know what good love looks like. And I, then I had to ask her, I was like, do you? Have you seen it? Right. No, and that's a real thing because like I'm thinking about like the women in my family. I know some of the horror stories that they had to actually go through and are still going through to be like love semi-loved, because that's not love, by their their partners right I think about like my mom and the things that she went through with my dad but also my sister's dad right Mm -hmm. and like and I was able to see my mom's and stepdad's relationship right and how Mm -hmm. that wasn't a good love either right obviously they're divorced now but (laughs) like you know like seeing that I feel like I just like I have not seen a great example Mm-hmm. of what non-platonic love should look like so therefore i don't know what to model it after so i'm mm. reading books i'm literally reading fiction to like figure it out and it's i don't know i feel like i'm about to i'm probably going to buy bell hooks all about love yes do it absolutely bruh i love that book and i feel like i don't know if i've talked about it on here before but the thing that blew my mind was when bell hooks said that like the reason why like movies and tv shows sort of treat love as this like ephemeral thing that we can't put our finger on is because people don't know how to about how to write about love and how to show it right because we we have all these compromises about love but it also just fundamentally like really just gave me a lot to think about about how we love why we love and like what that looks like so i 100% recommend i have if you'd like to borrow also the book i really want to read that i feel like touches sort of at that and goes a little deeper for me is pleasure activism I started it and the first chapter alone I was like this book this is the kind of book I want to write like when I write my book that is the book I'm writing not that book specifically but modeled after that book so I need to finish it so I'm on Amazon now like trying to put it in my (laughs) support small black businesses support bookshop yeah, let me go to Harriet's. Let me go to Harriet's. Okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not doing Uncle Bobby's. If I had, I, and, and I guess this can be a, a no nuance situation. If I had the opportunity to support a Black woman, a Black woman over a Black man, I'm always going to choose the woman. <laughs> I'm just being real. Especially because he got that new book out. Okay, I think we should do rapid fire, no nuance, and then wrap it up. I think our like wrap up should be you have to provide a no nuance about yourself. Ooh okay yes okay you got any more um black capitalism will not inherently make our black community better <laughs> like period. black capitalism will not save us it's it not, won't it's not <laughs> like it can't it it just it absolutely can't um well, i will say just really quick sorry i hate to do it Rihanna's black capitalism, I don't know, feels different than Beyonce's. Don't ask me why. Um, Like it does, but it doesn't. Can I be honest? Rihanna's black capitalism makes me, okay, so it makes me feel good in the sense of, hear me out, 
yes. the products in which I'm purchasing from Rihanna, yes. specifically Fenty yes. makeup usually in Fenty lingerie, makes yes. me inherently feel good about myself. So it feels a little yes. like evil. <laughs> it, also feels, it also feels so much more accessible. Like I can afford a bunch of pennies on pennies for five dollars. <laughs> I have never been able to look at anything Beyonce has made and be like, mm, I can purchase that easily. And one day I will be able to buy Fenty clothes because that is what I aspire to. But until then, I can get my little lip gloss, I can get my little underwear, and I can feel amazing. Because I don't want to politicize Rihanna's capitalism. I just want to buy the things. Like because that's all I don't want you to do is buy the things and buy. Yes. Okay. Continue. So I agree with you. I, I think I agree with you on that. Um, I think the way that activism is done in this current day has mm-hmm. a lot of performative aspects, and it's making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like everyone posting a black square for Black Lives Matter when we learn y'all don't care. <laughs> like, y'all don't care. I'd rather you tell me you don't care than put a square up. Like, um, Ooh, hello there. Um, I'm trying to figure out if there's any other nuance, no nuances I have. Oh, if you are a grown, well, no, I won't say that. Never mind. I was going to say, and then I, you know, you got to check yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. I just checked myself in the moment. I had I had a growth moment. I was gonna say I don't feel like adults should be drinking whole milk. <laughs> just hear me out. And I firmly people believe this. people should not be drinking milk. However, I don't know what people's affordability things are. I just spent five dollars on oat milk today. So and I know I can make it. Leave me alone. I know I can make it. I just am too lazy to make it. Which is another about function of capitalism. Okay. I thought about that, but I'm like, I don't want a cheesecloth. I don't. I don't so I can't. I don't want to. So I'd rather them make it for me and I buy it, okay? And it tastes. I've noticed. But the worst part is, I've noticed something I've noticed is that at the more high end expensive grocery store, the oat milk costs less than when I go to the grocery store that is in, that is more properly in the black community. So tell me that. Why I go to heirloom, everything costs six, seven dollars, but the oat milk three dollars. I go to Supremo. I go to Supremo, it's six dollars. It was six dollars, friend. And, and they only got chocolate milk. They always only got the chocolate. So explain that to me. How does that work? Um, what is my no nuance November? Yes, rapid um, fire go. Uh Christmas lights make everything better. Absolutely, yeah. Um my cat's love language is physical touch, and I love it here. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I would like, I would like to be sent the like the. I would like to be sent free things, basically. But I want specifically. I signed up for a bunch of lists, but I want to be able to become like a movie screener. Like I want to screen movies early, like that. I don't know if they, I don't think that's a no nuance. I just want that to happen. That's a thing that I absolutely want to happen for you. I don't think you understand how bad I want that. I want people to send me the boxes with like little knickknacks and trinkets. Like they were sending out the Sylvie's love box. Yes. And it's like, you can make a cocktail and the cocktail got rose petals in it. I don't even drink no more, but I want rose petals. I want you to send me rose petals for my drink. I want this for you. Right. Send me the boxes. Um, I think... I think meeting, okay, here's my un, my other no nuance. I think meeting my hero, I want it to happen in a very particular way or else I don't want it at all. Because I watched a clip, this girl, cause I was bored, I was looking through the little fan Twitters. This girl had pinned to her Twitter, a video of her meeting Carrie Washington 
and it made me, it made my stomach turn. It made me so deeply uncomfortable. I don't know what it was. It was just seeing Carrie be like, hi, I'm Carrie. And then just going down the line, meeting people. I was like, I don't want that. I would feel so deeply uncomfortable. So yes, that's my last one. What's your no nuance about yourself? And then we'll wrap up. I don't know. Um, Girl, I really don't know. Can you go first? And I yes, think- of course I can. Um, I've decided to believe the things people say about me. And what I mean by that is, I think I have, I've always had this struggle to really perceive myself, if that makes sense. Like, I'm always like, I don't know how I exist to other people. Like, I have this idea of the person I want to be, think I could be in my head, and I know I'm not that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to sort of see where the disconnect happens. Um, but I think it's very hard for me. And like, I've always used to sort of be confused by the question of like, what would other people, what do other people think of you, about you? Or what do other people say? Cause I can't, I can't conceptualize it very well. So I used to really just, I would go to my therapist and be like, can you tell me about myself? Cause I want to just hear other people's perceptions of me. And then like recently I, you know, I had my birthday where I literally just, I had a honey roast. I had people tell me about myself. Uh, <laughs> part of why I enjoyed that concept. But I realized that like, I have all these people, really people, these people saying these really amazing things about me. And I'm kind of like, if I think about it, yeah, I do believe those things to be true. And so I'm like, you know what? Rather than just be like, oh, that's just what people say. Like people are saying those things because they are in fact true about me. And not just because they see some idea of me and then are, I don't know, projecting that onto me. So like, and like this, current season I mean I feel like has really called me to really question authenticity and realize that like the way I show up regardless of how I think about it is my most authentic self and that in that then what people are projecting back to me I have to believe as a reflection of that authenticity mm-hmm. and so yeah I decide to believe what people say about me I think just really quickly mm-hmm. you and I've had this conversation um, mm-hmm. because I too struggle I I struggle with that in a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I am a different person mm-hmm. than who people, than what people describe of me, right? So I remember it was one day, I, I forgot we were in class and we weren't paying attention, <laughs> which is a theme for us. Um, But we, I think it was like this color wheel or some nonsense. And it was like, choose your three colors. And I was like, no, I'm gonna have Kenya choose these three colors for me. And, mm-hmm. and like each color, like under it said like a word or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. But like you chose yellow and yellow was like nice, kind, bright. And I was like, whoa, pause. <laughs> Wait a second now. <laughs> Where did you get this nice thing from? <laughs> Cause I don't see it, right? And it made me realize like the perception I have of myself is very different than what other people see. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand it and I want to and the thing is I think part of me does not believe what other people say right um Mm -hmm. and so it's it's similar to you but in a way of like I don't see the person you're describing so please stop right I like to think of myself as like really like rational and logical and like I don't want to use the word calculating but like I think things through I make very specific steps for a specific reason for a specific outcome right and not all of them are selfish, right? Some of them are, and I'm, I'm big enough to admit that, right? But there are some that I do for other people and like, because I love them and like, I have this like weird loyalty thing going on. But like, I also don't see the kind things that people say. Like, 
if you had mm-hmm. if, if you say like oh she's smart I'll readily believe that right if you say and I'm, I think that's mostly because I've been conditioned to believe that like even from a young mm-hmm. age I think that's yes. the one like big compliment my mom gave me everything else were like things and this is part of the thing from earlier were things I was kind of supposed to do which is why like I feel weird about celebrating my accomplishments because these are things that mm. I'm, I'm supposed to do um hmm. but yeah I think my no nuance about myself is that I am I don't want to say worthy I am lovable and uh, worthy of all types of I don't want to say worthy I deserve there we go I deserve love of all kinds friendship non-platonic romantic right like all I deserve all those types of loves just the way that I am not when this this idea of destination happy when I do this I'll then be worthy of love when I do that I'll then be worthy of love um and I'm trying to understand that and accept that about myself boom that's it that is so beautiful thank you I felt really ranty this episode I'm not even gonna lie to you I felt this was you got a lot on your chest it's been a minute I'm I'm gonna say I'm actually really grateful for this episode because I think in that break I kind of lost sight of why we do this I was sort of like you know I had my whole little existential crisis but I forgot like what it is we're doing here why we're doing it who am I showing up as when I do this Mm -hmm. and I think this space is necessary for us Mm -hmm. but to be created by us because I think conversations about these kinds of topics for I was talking to someone I was thinking about how podcast really the whole point of podcast for me is like you're sitting in on a conversation with friends and it's about community it's about having those conversations that you might have in your head and sort of being able to sort of speak space to it and make space for ourselves in it and yeah so I'm extremely grateful to you for you know going on this journey with me because oh, I love you and appreciate you so much and I, and I we ain't even gotta get into it but what I said at your honey roast I genuinely meant so you know oh yeah and I think that was like the big one where I was like oh damn yeah I guess because you know that's like one of those fine lines where it's like there's being a good, a good person and then believing you're a good person. And it's like, okay, you can believe you're a good person because you do all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so do you do them because you want to be a good person or do you do them because you believe them to be the right thing to do? Right. And I was thinking about like my, my birthday plans and I was one of, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like announce it to the world, but if people ask me what I'm doing for my birthday, I'm going to tell you. Not because I want you to know that I'm doing this thing, but because I want you to, I, I'm, you asked me what I'm going to do today. Right. And I feel like, and like, I remember I was telling my aunt what I was doing. She's like, oh, you're such a good person. You're such a good person. You're such a good person. And I was kind of just like, it's like, you hear good thing, you assume good person. But it was like, I'm doing this good thing because I love to do it. And honestly, I'm doing it not at a detriment to myself, but I have very small veins. Like I have very tiny veins, super tiny veins. And the lady put the needle in multiple times. And then she was like, she had to go get somebody else. And like, hey, did I do this right? to look at my arm and I was just like but like the point is is like I wanted to to do something bigger than myself for my birthday that wasn't my birthday but yeah I think I think believing what people say about you has to come with a level of discernment of like who you are and I think that sort of 
I think that also requires us to show our self-love. If you're talking about we need people need to love other people, well, we have to love ourselves more and give ourselves more leeway, more gratitude, more space. Because you know, there's the whole like you can't how you expect someone else to love you if you can't love yourself. I just quote RuPaul, not the point. But like I think loving ourselves is the most fundamental radical thing we can do because if we don't if we don't do that, we won't have enough to give anyone else. Absolutely. And I think that's the season that I'm currently in. Mm. When you were talking, five, five, five came up. Um, and that's like a, an, an angel number that really signifies transformation. And I feel like the person that I'm transforming into is, and I think you and I, and it's one other friend, uh, mm-hmm. Crystal, who listens to our podcast as well. Um, the both of Crystal. you show up in a very authentic way that I admire so much because sometimes I feel like I say yes to things or do things that I don't want to do right um a mix of like authority issues plus like my Libra placement making me feel like I need to accommodate for everyone (laughs) um but like I don't know it's something about the way in which you both show up super authentically and are still phenomenal human beings makes me just so happy to be around you. Like, like I don't know. I feel like this season that I'm in, season of life, is just the people that I'm, I'm around. Well, I mean, obviously around looks different now, but like the people that I engage with on a consistent basis there are so many lessons that I am learning that are making me mm-hmm. a better human and transforming me into the person that I feel like I want to be. And that is authentic, oh, like that is authentic to me. Boom, period. I'm not talking again. I love that. Um, my very last note is I am currently in my season of deliverance. Jesus is working in my life and I have to give him the glory. Um, because I really had a moment the other day, like, before I said let lay down on my floor where I was just like wow Jesus has moved because when I look at where I am now compared to three months ago six months ago two years ago I'm just like wow and there are things that are coming full circle this will be the very last thing I said yeah but you know um like two years ago I realized that I was at a point in my life where I had to figure out three things Mm -hmm. I had to figure out what it meant to love God and be loved by God Mm-hmm. I had to figure out what it meant to love and care for myself mm-hmm. and I had to figure out what it meant to love and care for others mm-hmm. and these past two years of my life I feel like I have finally really mastered the first two like I had this moment where I was like "Ooh, the first two I got it I knocked it out the part and I feel like I am now at a point where God is like all right babes next three years we just gonna work on the next one and yeah. I am so excited for it so yes I said where am I I really love Jesus. Like, I remember someone was like, you really love God? I was like, do I really? I love Jesus. Who, who would have thunk? Look at us. Look at us. Uh, yeah. Oh, friend, this was beautiful. I wanted to let you know this This has to be a close to two hour episode. Uh, <laughs> it's, what is it? It's five o'clock. We started at 3.30. That's an hour and a half. We started like 3.30. Girl. What? It's six o'clock now. What? Are you, it's six o'clock. My phone is in. My phone is 
on military time, so my brain just doesn't do the math properly. I guesstimate. We just turned six p.m. Just it's six o'clock. It's eight because it's eighteen hundred hours right now, and I. Yep, that is six o'clock. This has definitely been in, in like two hours. But I feel I I like this episode. I grateful. I genuinely yes oh my god why did the pattern just come up and was just like do you let guilt stop you from being truthful i'm screaming look at that no oh i, I got yeah no hmm? i know i was gonna say um, the answer to that is no <laughs> well two minutes ago the bible app said beloved i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth period wow that's what i looked look okay okay yes um and with that thank you very much yes be us be black be blessed stay black stay blessed and you know my blessings go to all people but this space is for who it's for so period period we'd love to see it all right thank you everyone go listen to good news yes support megan support black people okay spread love yeah yay